Ross Brand here for LivestreamUniverse.com. Welcome to Livestream Stars. This is the show where we feature talented broadcasters delivering high-quality content across live stream platforms. We have a wonderful guest tonight. John Burke from Roker Media is here, and we're going to talk to him all about the plans that Roker Media has for live streaming and other types of content where live streaming fits into the big picture of content and video content creation and of course find out as well what it's like to work with the great Al Roker. Um, we do want to tell you before we go forward that tomorrow is the end of the voting for South by Southwest. As you probably know by now, Coach Jenny, Karen Graves, Monique Johnson, and myself have proposed a panel for South by Southwest on Facebook Live for Business Facebook Live, build tribes, and actually make money. We actually share insights on how people are using Facebook Live to benefit their business and build their brand, and we would love to share that with everybody at South by Southwest. We've done 15 days of content, so we haven't just begged for your vote. We've gone live every single weekday during uh, the voting period, and we'll be live again tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Eastern with our final show. So how do you vote for us? It's easy. Just go to LivestreamUniverse.com, LivestreamUniverse.com slash SXSW, LivestreamUniverse.com slash SXSW. And we'll share that again and again, I'm sure, during the show. We, we really, really appreciate all the support and, and would love your vote. And let's bring in our guest. Tonight's guest is Mr. John Burke, and that is his Twitter handle, at Mr. John Burke from Roker Media. He's the head of you're the head of everything, basically. You do content marketing. Oh, you're involved crazy. in programming. You produce. Um, I think you go live when Al isn't able to do the weather. <laughs> right, pretty right. Well. I write the weather for him, actually. I, um, <laughs> I mean, in fact, a couple of days ago, I think it's Tuesday. What day is this? Thursday. I was traveling. I was traveling to go to see the eclipse in some small town in Missouri and um, uh, got to see it in the path of totality, which is pretty cool. Wow. And then I uh, came back and I stayed with a friend in Chicago. And I had um, Al doing some voiceover work as well as doing some drop-ins for um, – this book. He's got a book coming out called Al Roker's Extreme Weather. It's the first first, first one that he's done for kids, actually. Wow. And, uh, it's his uh, 12th book, and it comes out comes out next Tuesday. Uh, but uh, because we're going into Labor Day, we start the marketing for it uh, basically after Labor Day, and I had to have him record a few things on a green screen. And um, so, so it's weird because I'm based in Los Angeles, of course, Al's back in right. New York. So there, there are times where my job starts at four o'clock in the morning whenever I need to, to work with Al on doing certain things. So to your point earlier, there are a lot of hats that I wear. It's not only the things that I do over at Rooker Media as running the marketing department over there um, and also doing the marketing for all of our shows that we do, but also for Al's personal stuff, his, uh, his books coming out, whether right. there's, there's, there's a recipe that he wants to promote or a personal appearance or a charity. So, yeah, it's, it's a 24-hour job, and it's pretty exciting, i got to say. And the bottom line is by doing all that stuff, you're really on top of what's going on with social media, the broadcast industry, live streaming, um, pretty much all aspects of the digital content creation game. And, and let me give you John's 
full introduction. Um, John and I have done a few of these interviews on uh, the pre-show of the Never Settle show. Uh, but for those who may not be aware, John is the Director of Content Marketing and Digital Strategy for Al Roker Entertainment and Roker Media. And since 2012, he's been responsible for adding the digital and social broadcasting elements to the slate of traditional TV programs and branded content produced by Al Roker Entertainment. More recently, John played a key role in founding Roker Media, taking a deeper dive into the data-driven digital content creation and consumption, expanding Roker's live streaming and social broadcasting capabilities, and embarking on a mission to create quality short and mid-form premium video content for brands and storytellers. Of course, if you've been to any video conferences like Summit Live, VidCon, Playlist Live, Streaming Media West, you'll know John is a fantastic speaker. He also has extensive experience in the music industry. He's managed uh, retail marketing for major record labels like Capitol Records, EMI, BMG, and now you're putting all your coin behind live streaming or not so fast? It's funny. Well, that's a great intro. <laughs> Who wrote that? I don't know. I don't know. That's really good. Great that's really good. I really like that. Yeah, that's, a, that's pretty amazing. I've got to say. It's all true. Anyway, um, boy, I'll tell you, with, with, with that kind of a lead-in, um, Kind of makes the music industry look like it was easy back in the day, you know, and it was for the most part. We would put records into record stores, and and that was it. But uh, you know, that went away. And I had this conversation earlier with Ross about the fact that disruption is really hitting on every piece of 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 content creation that's out there now. One of the things that came out of VidCon that I was very cognizant of is is basically everybody's trying to be YouTube. Um, so you have all these uh, distribution platforms out there that are looking for content for streaming. Um, media, right? So uh, a streaming video for the most part. Um, and a lot of that is that short form and premium mid form that was mentioned in my bio. And um, I look at the way that content is being consumed and disseminated right now. And that's, that's the goal of Roker Media is to stay in front of that and try to be able to steer the ship the Roker ship towards what is the next thing that 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 the company really needs to concern itself with. Now, two years ago, we really jumped into live streaming big time. We were one of the first companies out there, if not the first, to really uh, try to take all the latest technologies that were available for the end user, um, and and just just really harness that power to create content for live streaming. And um, uh, it, because uh, live streaming is, has really been around for a long time, as we all know. It just became very easy to use in the past couple of years with just pressing a button on your phone. And that's the other thing that we have to talk about also, too, is that it's made for a mobile environment. So basically, everybody can be a broadcaster, and, and, and really, everybody can be a content creator, and everybody can kind of be a network also, too. So it's a matter of coming up with really good content that people care about that you can broadcast out there. Now, there's a video that we're going to show here, and it's it's kind of the evolution of the uh, the company, but it's also the evolution of Al Roker. And Al Roker, as we all know, is a traditional um, media person. He's He's been on the Today Show for over 20 years. Uh, uh, before that, he was a part of the New York media scene on the local news there, Live at Five, and as a, 
uh, started out basically doing the weather and I was a co-anchor on the Today Show. So, so, so you'll see Al going out there doing a lot of lifestyle pieces and personality pieces. He's also the, uh, the co-host of Today's Take. Um, so let's take, a, let's take a look at that video. It's a great introduction uh, to Al Roker and Roker Media. Sure. And there's a couple of things I'll talk actually over it. So it all started with Al, and you can hit the play button anytime now. Um, yes. Is um, This all started actually back in 2015. That seems like such a long time ago, but it was Al walking out on stage at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas, and he began broadcasting on a thing called Meerkat. Do we have sound? If not, that's okay. I can just talk over it. There's a uh, little bit of sound. I think we can hear. Can you hear it? Hey, guys, can you throw in the chat if you can hear the sound? And then Meerkat died, as we saw, and we moved on to Periscope there. So Periscope, we tried a lot of different shows in Periscope. And uh, this was a thing where it was shot. And you can see how, how old that actually looks now, right? The fact that it was, it was, it was the vertical camera. And this right. was only like a year and a half ago, right? And we tried different shows, a lot of cooking shows. We did a lot of cooking things. And we did things like uh, uh, travel logs. Um, about about uh, exploring your neighborhoods, going out in New York, trying new bars and uh, new drinks. And then we moved on to Facebook Live when that came around. And we worked with Camilla Alves, who is Mrs. Matthew McConaughey, by the way. And once again, a cooking lifestyle show, something in Al's wheelhouse that you could see um, this person actually doing. And Al's always involved with the shows, brands got involved, the products were part of the narrative of the show, and Camilla, of course, looked gorgeous. Um, from there, we, we, um, uh, 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 we, we actually started Roker Media, and then we began doing different shows. This is another cooking show that we did for Twitch, for, for uh, Twitch's creative platform. Chef Shock was a show um, that ran for about a month, and it was a test, really. We tried this out as a test to see if we could garner an audience on Twitch. And this was a two-hour live show. Justin Warner was um, a star from the Food Network and was able to hold the two hours because he actually took people through the buying of the ingredients to the cooking of, of uh, the food and uh, just was, was uh, doing a great job. Fully interactive. There was a person on the set that would actually take questions and give him those questions. I think there's a shot of that coming up here, actually. Um, yeah, right there. There's there's a person on the split screen there that would actually be uh, the moderator of all the questions coming in. And uh, once again, there's some product placement in there that was geared towards the audience that's on Twitch, right? From there, we were able to go into other shows. And then uh, basically what this shows is kind of the production values that the company has strived for. Um, we built a green screen studio back in New York. And you can see here that these are professional looking um, uh, sets, but it's basically all on a green screen. And it's, it's high quality production, good sound, good video, switching back and forth between multi-cameras. So it was a really great job that was done there. Celebrity Page is the show that, that is also on still that is now actually moved into OTT. So it's a linear show um, that's on the Reels Network. And uh, once again, very high quality TV type of broadcasting live. So that's kind of what, what, what the company has always strived for is that we are TV people. Basically, as a background, we're TV people. Al Roker obviously is a TV person. So we're trying to recreate that, that whole ethos and that, that look and feel and that brand um, within live and also uh, different platforms, if you will. 
Now, you mentioned before um, that, that live streaming has become so accessible because of mobile, and it's become very much a mobile um, genre, if you want to call it, or industry. Um, where do you see that going in terms of people doing those? Can people do those kind of productions on mobile, and do you see um, more brands and, and content creators doing studio productions with mobile or just not necessarily because there's no reason to use mobile in a studio if you have the equipment not to use mobile it's a good question and it's a it's a balancing act actually because yeah there's still those conference room videos that people do because they happen to have their phone there and the brand or the content creator or whatever says let's go live and let's show this right so they turn on their camera and you get the sound coming out of the phone and you get basically the video with maybe the good lighting, maybe bad lighting, usually right. bad lighting and terrible camera work usually. Right. Um, but uh, there's not a week that goes by. I'm, I'm not kidding. There is not a week that goes by where we don't get approached by a new gadget maker that says, try our new mobile switcher or try our new like mobile this or mobile that. Um, we don't use mobile phones as cameras. Um, we don't use those as as basically a way to broadcast. So for us, it is within this this whole paradigm of being professional quality TV type of broadcast. Now, as far as Al going live, which he often does, that is Al on his phone, which which uh, which with him, he'll start broadcasting behind the scenes at the Today Show or at NBC Nightly News. He's probably going on tonight to talk about the weather, although it is after seven o'clock there. So, so if that actually happened, it already happened already. But anyway, um, so, so, uh, so for him, that's a thing he will uh, do, but he's Al Roker, so he can get away with that. Right? right. Certain people can just get away with that because they already have a following that's built in. Right. And it, it's also different because that's sort of like a window into, it's not the main event, right? The main event is him doing nightly news or the today show and giving the weather. That's more a peek inside or behind the scenes or a personal moment. So in that case, I think the, even if a phone's lower quality, it's, it, it's that, I don't know, that intimacy of, or, or that letting you behind the door kind of thing that, that makes it work. Right. You're absolutely right about that. In fact, there's times when I have to tell clients where it's better for them to go raw, right? So without all the bells and whistles, without the lower third graphics, without all of the great looking stuff that like say that 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 uh, that you saw firsthand on on the Mario Armstrong show and never settled. Right. Um, that looks really, really good. That was that was really good quality TV stuff. And that's the way it was intended to look. Right. But there are certain things where at times you just want it to look very raw. So it's okay to go live on your phone. Right. And I think like for crisis communication, like if a CEO, something bad happens in a company and a CEO needs to jump on, I, I mean, right now things go through PR and 17 revisions, but sometimes getting ahead of the story and jumping on a, on a mobile phone and, and, and just addressing it head on, even being careful about the language you use, uh, but doing that in sort of a raw fashion not not unprofessional, but just not looking like an infomercial or a scripted press conference or one of those speeches where, you know, you apologize if you might have offended anybody, but you don't know what you said that could have possibly. Um, if you did that right away on a mobile phone, the ability to put out fires, I think, would be incredible. And there's a great use case, I think, for, you know, going raw and not going going overly produced. 
No, true. That's very true. In fact, that's the in the moment kind of live that everybody right. kind of likes now. And it's 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 the live that works. Okay. Because um once again, this is a scrollable medium. Okay. Right. It's it's mainly consumed on mobile. And we're scrolling through our feeds and we stop to see the stuff that might be in the news right there, right then. And I'll give you an example. Last year I was at um I was back in New York, and maybe it was this year, when that guy began to scale the Trump Tower. Mm -hmm. And Luke Watson and I, we went down there, and, and we checked it out. I was back in New York at the time. And, and basically, everybody was broadcasting. Everybody. <laughs> I mean, it was on CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, the local news channels. It was everywhere. And everybody had their phone out, and they were all doing the exact same thing. So that's the kind of thing where, where really, I think the value of live is the in-the-moment stuff. Um, and the in the moment means the the, uh, the breaking news, um, the the things that really are in the the like the conversation at the moment. So if it's on Twitter and it's live, yeah, you want to watch a video of it. If 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 that if uh, the hurricane that's actually approaching Texas becomes one that that becomes devastating, then you're going to want to watch a video of it, no matter right. where you are. Um, sports, I think sports events, ha well, sports, you have to watch live. There's, uh, there's no point to going back and watching like day old sports. It doesn't, <laughs> it's just stupid. Okay. I already know what the score is probably. Okay. Unless you, uh, go in and hide. Unless you somewhere. avoid all social media for 24 hours and all it's keep impossible. in contact. Right. Right. It's impossible. Right. So <laughs> yeah, imagine watching sports the next day. So for me, I think that the win right now for live is actually the, uh, the, in the moment type of broadcast. And mm -hmm. I like what Cheddar's doing. Um, uh, Cheddar's a network, mm -hmm. and uh, Cheddar actually is, is the first and only live network, and they're doing a killer job. Uh, Cheddar is on my feed when it comes into Twitter, and also it's on Pluto TV, okay, which is right. an app that, uh, that I like, and it's also available as, as, as like an OTT app as well. So uh, Cheddar's doing it right. It's a subscription model, and it just keeps on expanding. Well, I, I want to get into your observations. Um, to build on this and kind of see what this all means for a lot of the live streaming content creators that we have here. Welcome, B. Smith. Mitch Jackson, I'm sure you know Mitch from uh, his speaking at Summit Live. Sarah Wiseman, uh, Eduardo Guerra, welcome, everybody. Please do share this out. Let people know we have John here from Roker Media. Um, Mitch asks a question. Let's, uh, let, let's get a couple questions in right away. Um, how do you see VR, AR, MR and AI, that it would be virtual reality, augmented reality, modified reality, and artificial intelligence adding to live streaming and or changing um, personal content creation media efforts. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch, that's as long as my bio. Um, that's, that's a... That's a great question as far as all of those 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 uh, new technologies are actually concerned. I think that there's going to be a place for all of those within the pantheon of the way people consume content as well as the way it's disseminated. What do we do as far as, okay, let's look at the first two, VR and AR. Okay, VR is not a, it's not a critical mass. Um, the consumption of that content is, is um, sort of, it's really, not not widespread um, um, adaption yet, right? Mm -hmm. But there are some break 
excuse me, there are some brands uh, that are actually jumping on board right now with wanting to do things in VR. A friend of mine did a commercial for an insurance agency uh, back in, uh, uh, this is back on the East Coast that was within VR, and it gave that person the, the ability to experience an actual hurricane or a tornado, uh, one of those. And um, so, but that was done for a trade show, right? So, once again, you had to go to the trade show and you had to put on the goggles, right? So that limits what you can actually do. As right. far as live is concerned, who knows? It's the wild, wild west right now when it comes to new uh, technologies, which is going to be the one that kind of rises to the top. We think it's going to be AR um, at Rucker Media. We think that's, that's the way that it's going to go. Um, and, and of course, artificial intelligence remains to be seen. It's it's so early with everything. And I got to be totally honest with you. Uh, with us back at Rooker Media, uh, the video that you saw, uh, you saw the way we began in Meerkat. And of course, that died. And then we moved into Periscope. And that became whatever you want to call Periscope these days. Um, we tried Twitch. We tried Busker. We tried YouNow. In fact, we have a YouNow star back uh, back at the office. Uh, with that why? Yeah, yeah. And we tried to monetize that platform as well too, but that that uh, didn't pan out, right? So let's talk about how we were too early. We felt uh, to mm -hmm. live streaming. If we would now start the effort and put all of our effort behind live streaming at Roker Media and just go there with a specific mission statement of, of going after brands and agencies and things like that now, after it's all been established, more right. or less, then I think we would be more successful at it. But we were one of the first ones to jump in and we tried to bring everybody else with us. And I'll be totally honest with you, it was a struggle and it still continues to be a struggle in the sense that we look at technology as a way to be a platform for content creation that's destination viewing all right that's our tv mentality we want you to tune in every wednesday for mario armstrong show or every thursday for this new tech show that we're going to be starting um or whether it was those cooking shows we want you to come and tune in for those shows specifically in those days at those times right okay? But the technology has evolved to the point now where that's really a tough sell because people are scrolling through their 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 news feeds and their their experience on mobile, and um, they may not want to do that, <laughs> right? To put it mildly, so we've shifted, and this is key. We have moved away from trying to create it as a destination to making it more of a complimentary experience for whatever your core product is, okay? Mm -hmm. So if you decide that you have a YouTube channel and you're doing a baking show on the YouTube channel, you're using live streaming now to advertise what's coming up next on your YouTube channel. What is that next piece of content that you're putting out? Hey, guys, tune in for this. Um, right. Or kind of like, like what you're doing now, Ross. So maybe this is not, not your core product, but something else is, right? Right. And I'll use um, Al's book as the example. Okay, first children's book that he's ever done. So right now I'm trying to think of ideas on some things we can do with some uh, with kids out there. Maybe try to network some schools together, right? As we get into the fall, and maybe that involves live, right? Mm -hmm. But that will point to the core product. Eventually, we want to drive them into a funnel and get them to purchase a book, all right? Whether that's right, an ebook right. or an actual book, right? So we look at live now as another piece of the marketing tool belt that we all have to wear. Right. Welcome, Barb Tovlin. She uh, reiterates what you said earlier. The value of live is in the moment type broadcast. And that makes me wonder, 
than for content that doesn't need to be live. For instance, we could record this interview at any time and just make it available, right? right. But there's something special about getting Barb's comments and Mitch's questions and um, seeing seeing the community. I mean, I've gotten used to doing this live and there's a little extra energy and I love the engagement and everything. But do you see that some live stream shows maybe would be better off doing just doing a recorded show and knocking out more content, but not worrying about making people show up live at a certain time. And yes, people do watch the replay, but I, t I tend to find that after say 12 to 24 hours, the replay views really don't come in all that fast <laughs> anymore. Right. So yeah. I, I guess what I'm wondering is, are you seeing things that you would say, gee, we would have done this live in the last two years uh, we like the idea. Let's do it as a YouTube program or let's do it on cable TV and then add a live component like you did with um, Girl Power, where you had the live stream feedback of the participants after the show and people could ask them questions and stuff like that. But the show itself certainly was not a show that would have lent itself to being live streamed. I think that's a, a winding question. My, okay, so let me get back. The real question is, should some content that's being done live, should people who are creating content for social media think about doing some of that content in recorded form and on other platforms than necessarily the live stream platforms where they've been doing it? So why do people go live? Um and I'm not talking about the in-the-moment live, okay? But mm -hmm. why why do they go live? Um, what's the purpose of going live? Okay, what is the number one purpose for going live? The number one purpose for going live is to have the interaction with your audience. Right. And, and uh, Barb Tomlin asked a question before. Um, John, I think you froze up. I don't know if anybody... Can you, can you guys throw something in the chat and let me know if you're hearing John or not? Um, John, maybe you could go out, refresh, and come back in. I'm I'm not hearing you at the moment. Um, let me check, see on Facebook. Uh, John is frozen. And so uh, Ross Brand here for LivestreamUniverse.com. We'll just reset, uh, waiting for John Burke from Roker Media to come back in. And uh, obviously, Barb's question was a challenging question, and that can make the mind freeze up now. Uh, so as soon as he can get back in, uh, we will continue with the show. Um, it, it is great to talk to John. John's from Roker Media, works closely with Al Roker, was very involved in their foray into live streaming. And now the focus is on live streaming not necessarily as the main event, but as a complement to something else, whether it's a recorded program or it's a business effort or campaign or something else, using live streaming as a part of it. <laughs> Leave it to me to break the face. No, 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 Barb. Not your fault. Uh, technology, these things happen. Um, let me uh, just message John on Facebook real quick and see if he can get back in. Um, and so while we have a minute, 
maybe there's somebody who hasn't voted yet. I'll just be shameless and throw it out there. Please do vote for us for South by Southwest. Uh, Coach Jenny, myself, uh, Monique Johnson, and Karen Graves are all proposing a panel to do about uh, Facebook Live for Business. And you can vote for us to speak on that panel at South by Southwest by going to LivestreamUniverse.com slash SXSW, LivestreamUniverse.com slash SXSW. And uh, thank you, Mitch. Mitch says you got my vote. Really appreciate that, Mitch. Uh, again, LivestreamUniverse.com slash SXSW. The voting ends tomorrow. So if you haven't had a chance to cast your vote, please do so. And we really appreciate all the support and the comments from the community. It's It's been amazing, uh, the support and the outpouring that we've had. Uh, let me see. Uh, uh, John says he needs to reboot. Uh, and I will just stay on and we'll continue chatting until he's able to get back on. Um, if you guys have questions uh, for uh, John, things you'd like me to ask, please do throw them in the chat. It's a wonderful opportunity to ask someone who's really at the forefront of what's going on with live streaming and branded content uh, some questions. So please do throw those questions in the chat. Be happy to uh, ask them as soon as uh, we can get John back on tomorrow morning uh coach jenny and i and monique johnson will be doing our final uh weekday live stream we've done 15 live streams for uh all 15 weekdays during the voting period so if you want to see what it's like when the three of us get together karen graves is in aruba having a nice vacation she won't be with us uh and so uh the three of us will be on tomorrow 11 a.m eastern 8 a.m. Pacific, and we'll be recapping some of the different content that we shared during the week on our live streams on Facebook Live and, of course, sharing our opinion on the different the different ways that you can use Facebook Live for business. Uh, Barbass, is the Mario Armstrong show returning? Uh, I don't have a definitive answer on that. I, I know that they were... Uh, looking into doing a second season, but I, I have not heard uh, anything yet. I don't know what the uh, what the status is. Uh, Eduardo asks, would it be a mix of VR and live streaming in the next future? Uh, I will save that to ask uh, John when we get him back on. Uh, Barb asks, did I set up an event for that live stream tomorrow? Um, Barb, I don't usually set up events for live streams simply because I feel like I'm bothering people if I set up an event and then start tagging, start inviting everybody. Um, I've found that I tag the people who tend to show up on Twitter when I remember, and, and that's helpful. Um, are, are you saying set up an event and invite people or just set up an event? And then people can get event reminders or how, let me know how you think, uh, you know, you, that you think I should be using that. Let's see. It looks like John's trying to get back into the lobby. Uh, hasn't connected quite yet. Um, 
Mitch asks, what do you believe is the most important talent or quality needed to being an effective live streamer in business? That is an awesome question. I will definitely ask John that. Um, Barb says, so said you didn't. Okay. Uh, so, uh, John's still not able to get back in. Um, so I, I guess I could take a crack at, at, at Mitch's question because it's, it's such a, a wonderful question. What do you believe is the most important talent or quality needed to be to being an effective live streamer in business. And uh, I think it's sincere, sincerity and honesty and credibility. And if you can fake those things, you've now, uh, if you have those things, um, I think that goes a long way. It's all about, uh, it sounds so cliche, but it really is all about that. No like, and trust factor. If you feel you're connecting with somebody and you feel you can relate to them and you get a sense of what they're like and you say, I could trust doing business with this person, I would have a good chemistry with them. I, I feel like they know what they're talking about and they're going to be honest with me and they're going to provide value. Um, I think I would feel more comfortable doing business with somebody like that, um, regardless of whether they're being entertaining or what the, it's just that sense you get of a person from, from seeing them. I think it's very intangible in a way. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Mitch? Um, that's that's kind of what, what comes to mind. Let me just check on Facebook, see if uh, John sent me a message. Uh, Mitch asks, tell us more about your South by Southwest effort. What will you guys cover? Um, well, we're going to talk about how people can use Facebook Live to build community, to build their tribe, and then to monetize it. And um, a big area for me, and, and each each of us comes from a different angle on this, right? A big area for me is because I've interviewed so many people who are using Facebook Live uh, to build their business and build their brand. I can obviously share some of what I've learned from interviewing them and what's been successful um, as well. Um, for me, uh, my my approach is the three paths, right? Um, and there's more than three paths to, to monetizing Facebook Live. Uh, there's the big fourth path, which may or may not happen for very many people, and that would be the, the path of selling your show for sponsorships and advertisers and things like that. But if you're using it on behalf of your business, the three main paths are, are, are direct selling, right? Uh, you get on, here's a, a, a phone. You can make phone calls. You can check your email. You can do live video with it. It's great. It's lightweight. Terrific, right? You, you, you're just selling the product, right? QVC style, LuLaRoe. Um, probably more people should be doing that with products and services that they have. Uh, you got to have that call to action, right? Um, the, the second way is, is what you've been so wonderful at doing, Mitch, and that's uh, the time and rapport and connection and providing value. And then the third way is what I call uh, the portfolio method, which is really about establishing your digital portfolio, your digital footprint, and then you have that material 
if somebody wants to do business with you, they look it up, they see your videos, they feel comfortable doing business with you, and ultimately that that can lead to clinching the deal with a client. It's not something that there's necessarily a direct line of sight to revenue, but I know so many people for whom, including myself, for whom that that's been a, a factor in, in, in landing business. So, um, those are kind of, that's kind of my angle on the topic and, and each of the other panelists has their angle. Welcome back, John. We've got a load of questions for you. Uh, uh, oh, I can't hear you. Uh, try again, try again. Can you hear me now? Oh, I can hear you now. Okay, great. So, um, Mitch asked a fantastic question that I tried to answer, uh, but I'd love to get your thoughts on it. And it's, what do you believe is the most important talent or quality needed to being an effective live streamer in business? Oh, I think it's believability, without a doubt. I think it's it's when people trust you. I think that trust factor goes a long way. And that's why working with Al is so wonderful, because people trust him. And in fact, we have a, a reel that we did a while back for the company, and it ends with Joe Biden that that uh, was wishing Al a happy birthday about uh, four years ago or so. And he goes, uh, listen, the reason why why Al Roker is successful is because people trust you and you can take that to the bank. You can bank that. So I think that basically wow. any live streamer that comes on and is doing anything or and really that goes for any talent that uh, that you're watching, they have to have credibility. And I know that we all toss out that word authenticity like it's a comma. But the fact of the matter is um, that's great. Okay, you can be authentic, um, but you can be, be an authentic asshole too. You really got to be trusted. Right. That's what. That's actually pretty similar to the answer I gave. I said trust, believability, credibility. And if, yeah. you, can, if you can fake those things, you'll, you'll be fantastic online. Right, right. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the beauty of Al is also the um, the the uh, the fact that he is just beloved. Right. Oh crap! Uh, <laughs> excuse me, folks. I think we're freezing up again. Uh, John, you may need to refresh again, or uh, I don't know if you're using uh, internet where you're plugged in. Uh, so hope hope that. Uh, we got an answer to that question at least. Thank you, everybody, for for hanging in, uh, hanging in with us through some technical challenges. Um, it is great to have you all here. And let's see if John is back, and we can get back to uh, the discussion. John, welcome back. Good to see yeah, you. I, I don't know what's going on today with the computer. This has never happened before, so. It must be our plaid shirts that we are constantly wearing, Ross. It, it must like be. It's, whatever. it's confused yeah. the universe. <laughs> it's confused the universe. It's it's uh it's messing up the algorithm or something. But it's always whenever whenever I I happen to see you, I'm wearing a checkered shirt. <laughs> plaid shirt. It's bizarre thing. I don't know what's I don't know what's up with that, right? But it just makes all the cameras go wonky. Yeah. Right? Next time it's black t-shirt again. Like usually, it's back to the black T-shirt. Yeah, back to the black T-shirt. Yeah. Eduardo asks, "Would it be a mix of VR and live streaming in the in the near future, or in the next 
the next phase? Like, where does VR fit in? Is that going to come into live streaming, or is that a just a completely separate genre of its own, and the two wouldn't really mix? No, I think it has to be. VR needs something else. Okay, VR right. is great. I love VR. I like going into VR, but VR is isolating. We have a show called BizWire TV. You can watch it at BizWireTV.com. It's a digital show about trending news that the company does, and it's in cahoots with Business Wire. And there's a story on there. Today's episode, actually, if you go to, um, yeah, well, just go to bizwiretv.com. It's also on the LinkedIn page for Al Rooker Entertainment. There's a good story on there about this company that is launching. It's called VR Studio. They're launching a, they're launching a um, new game where you can play with eight players, actually. Um, and finally. It, that that means VR is is like becoming a community because right now VR is a solo experience. So right. I think live streaming, if there's a way to bring that into the the overall experience, I think that'll be great. It's no different from now with gamers that are going on and live streaming themselves playing games. So if we look at the PewDiePie's of the world, the reason why they've made a success out of this is because they live stream themselves playing their games. I think it's going to be the same thing also with VR. VR needs something. VR needs to have that 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 like next thing like that to give it the, the extra push right right um in terms of content creators we have a lot of uh live streamers watching the show and we'll be watching the replay um you know a lot of people are obviously doing this uh, to attract attention to their business or because they just enjoy the social aspects of connecting with people and i i think the changes that, 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 that Roker Media is making in their approach to live stream doesn't necessarily affect that. If you're using live streaming kind of to grab the cell phone and, and talk about yourself and your business and share tips on something or you're, you know, just like to get on with your friends and, and have a conversation, that's all, that's all fine. But in terms of content creators who are thinking, this could be a show where I get sponsors or Facebook becomes uh you know the sponsor or pays me to to do a show or whatever um you're not necessarily seeing that many of those opportunities out there or the advertisers and brands aren't rushing to that as perhaps people had hoped right yeah um it seems like the question is uh like a two-parter so the first part right. is about the live streamers that'll be watching this and i hope that you cut out all the parts where my computer crashed before you put up the video by the way <laughs> um, well, i can show my fantastic skill at filling <laughs> yes you're quite good i have to say um but anyway the the um the people that are doing this, and there are there's a hell of a community out there, and Ryan Bell was fantastic at nurturing that community with the Summit Live conferences. Uh, the first one especially I thought was fantastic. The one that was in year number two in San Francisco showed kind of the evolution of where it was going as well too with people now actually creating more content. First year was right. about the novelty of going live and holding a camera up and talking back to your camera. Okay, the, the second year was more about doing that, but also now actually having something to say, right? And actually being being a like a destination. Year number three, which was this year, and it was based in Los Angeles here, and I was a part of programming the uh, the show um, and doing a number of of, of uh, uh, panels. Um, is more about okay now now the fact we've got this down. Okay, we all know about what cameras to use, the way to light it, the way to do, uh, get really good sound, whatever. Okay, right. um, and all the technical uh, stuff. What do we do as far as making some money off it? Because really, that's all. That's all we care about, to be honest with you. If you <laughs> 
if you're doing something and you're doing it great and you're not getting paid for it, it's a hobby. If right. you're doing something and you're doing something great and you're getting paid for it, then it becomes a, like a real job and it becomes a thing. It becomes a career for people. So right. the the whole aspect of what of what Worker Media is trying to do is how do we turn this into a bona fide media um, that that is going to earn us um, an income? Um, <laughs> um, I'm just <laughs> I'm just laughing at that comment about the shirts there because it seems seems all the time, Ross. What's up with that? Um, <laughs> We gotta dress Ross. I think that should be a live show. Let's dress Ross. Um, <laughs> I, I read the instructions for the Never Settle show. You know, I looked at my closet. I've got all solid black t-shirts and you know right, white right. white white and drab dress shirts for when I do need to wear a tie or whatever. And I said, okay, I've got to shop colorful. And I don't know, plaid or stripes seemed like that was the way to you look right. You look great. You look great. Okay. So I got all these shirts. I honestly, I got them all for the Never Settle Show. <laughs> it's like you the thing look I look through the rest of my stuff. It's a sure. black T-shirt every day. <laughs> it's like the thing I used to tell my bands back at Capitol Records: don't read your reviews. So uh, <laughs> don't read them. All right, we'll just make you have a bad day. Anyway, um, so so uh, to go back to um, what I think was was the question as far as. Um, live streaming as a, uh, as a career yeah, advertiser not oh, okay. okay right right there's the people who are doing it and they get clients and they sell books and they do do right. things like that right. and, and they you know they get their name of their business out there and that's that's mm-hmm. not who i'm talking about i'm talking about people who are doing this thinking that the next level is either their show is going to get sponsors and advertisers they're going to sort of follow in Mario's footsteps and do a bigger production or somebody, whether it's Roker Media or Facebook, is going to say, we want you to be a part of our network and and do a regular show. And uh, you're not seeing that the advertising dollars are following that that path necessarily. That path is extremely hard. It's extremely tough. There are some people that are doing it very well. Brand Live, based in Portland, Oregon, is doing it very, very well. And they just did a show last week for a local retailer in Portland that was um, launching a flagship store, but also they were coming out with a documentary, and they did a great job. They have a, uh, they've got a production crew up there that is by far the best out there, and they, they just do a really, really great job. So uh, check out Brand Live if you have a chance. Um, the The... The going after sponsors and the chasing down of ad agencies for them to spend legitimate money, I'll just say, as opposed to like, you know, $100, $200 for a live stream, um, that is a real struggle because agencies want to con- – because there's a whole built-in desire to um, to control the narrative on the part of a brand, okay? And I totally get that when – when you go live, you're not always in control of what that narrative is going to be. And the other thing with agencies is that they have to, they get paid on ROI and their KPIs need to show the fact that they were able to show it a return on investment that is going to mirror other types of media. Mm-hmm. Live streaming doesn't do that. It doesn't do that. It does it for the in the moment pieces that we've talked about earlier, like people watching a, a, an earthquake or I don't know if they watch earthquakes, but um, a hurricane, a tornado, a guy climbing up Trump Tower, whatever. But, uh, you know, for that destination programming that we were talking about, we were able to get some sponsors. Don't get me wrong, Mm -hmm. but 
they were just testing the waters, to be honest with you. Um, it, it was not a long-term commitment to actually come in and sponsor things. So um, we're still we're still going after it. Believe you me, we are. And uh, there is a dedicated team out there that does the sales for Roker Media to look for brands that want to be part right. of. It's more about being part of technology, to be honest with you. So mm -hmm. they know that there's a certain kind of audience that's consuming live. So we should put some money here. Now, I guess for um, people who have a niche following, they have some real specialty and they have a passionate following, right? I think podcasters have been able to monetize beyond their numbers in some cases because they have a passionate following in other words, like their following is one of the few places to sell certain specialty items or whatever. Um, is that an option for people? Like if they really niche down and they have a strong following uh, because you can do live stream productions of a passable quality rather inexpensively. Um, is that an opportunity for some live streamers to monetize and get sponsorships and, and make some money off of their programming? Um, well, first of all, who knew Mitch Jackson was a soccer player? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, secondly, <laughs> thanks, Mitch. Thanks for joining us. I'm sorry. Um, I, I, it's it's tough. I I get pitches all the time for programming that actually come into the company, and um, so many of them are so good, and people are so earnest, and I really really believe in what they're trying to do. Uh, there's a lot of people that are like Mario that are trying to help other people, and I just love that to death. Right? Um, it's um, it's uh, just speaks to my heart. Um, but the fact of the matter, at the end of the day, we are running a business, right? right. So. There are three things that we kind of look at now, and not just with live streaming, but also when the thing that you have to understand is we are a television company. We do TV shows, and right. we've, we've actually been around since 94 doing television shows for traditional media. So the show that you mentioned before, Girl Starter, was one on TH, uh, yeah, THC, TLC uh, this past springtime. <laughs> Sorry about that. Someone um, there might have been, but. The, <laughs> the rest of the people were watching the <laughs> anyway so uh uh that show was branded entertainment on T on tlc that was entirely paid for by sponsors by staples and by uh right. by at&t and windows and the air force and people like that so that was traditional media and i was the one that uh did all the digital content for it as well as all the live streaming stuff for it um so for us, when these pitches come in, we look for three things, okay? And it and it's not just, like I said, not just live streaming, but, but it's also the digital content, branded entertainment, as well right. as for actual TV shows. We, we, we like to see, well, first of all, if there's a brand attached to it, okay? Because if there's a brand attached to it, then it's a no-brainer. That means that it's, um, it's going to get made, all right? And it's mm -hmm. just a matter of coming up uh, with the right, right, right creative to get it done. And then we look at the platform it's going to be out, that um, it's going to be broadcast on. We look at the talent that, that we're going to employ. Mm -hmm. um, but if a brand is here, we want to make this, let's make it, okay? Then we're not going to turn their money down, really. Is that usually the brand pitching it, or is that somebody's gotten the brand on board and says, help me make this? Well, the brutal truth is a lot of times it's PR companies, right? Mm -hmm. So PR companies actually have good budgets, right? It's not always right. ad agencies, right? But there are, there are PR companies out there that, believe me, 
it's really tough to be a be a PR person these days because you because you have to cut through all the clutter out there, right? And right. you, you got to get to your bank of writers and your producers and things like that, and get them interested in your story. Now you're just one of a hundred other people that are doing the exact same thing, right? Right. So it's a tough sell to get a story out there, right? To get a story placed, right? Um, you might know Carrie Flynn at Mashable, right? And right. Carrie. Uh, Carrie might love 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 uh, the angle that you're pitching her and say, "Okay, let's do a story on this." But but you know that's tough, right? Right. So 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 I think PR companies are a good target for going after dollars sometimes, um, if you can show the benefit to them as well as to the brand that you're trying right. to get on board, right? So that's one of the ways. Is if the brand's got the dough, then yeah. The other two ways are if there is a legitimate media that's trying to make make a uh, pivot towards whatever their core is their core product and i'll use as um, an example um uh, the la times okay the la times just went through a big change of their their top people in this past week where they let go 20-year veterans uh 30-year veterans in print journalism to bring on people that have a background in buzzfeed right? Because mm. they need more of a digital presence. Now that digital right. presence will definitely include live. Look at the New York Times. They're killing it with live, right? So right. if a noted publisher that's got a baked in audience is looking to make a pivot, then that's a thing to look at as well too. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing is the talent. The talent comes to us all the time and we have to look at their following. We have to look at um, their, their, uh, their audience. Um, I just took a pitch not too long ago from a lady down in Atlanta that is the host of a radio show wanting to do a um, show that could be a digital show. It could be an actual TV show. Um, there could be a live streaming right. piece of this as well, too, about the quirky retail that's out there. Great idea. Love the show, right? And this person wants to be the talent. And she's good, okay? But she doesn't have the footprint. She doesn't have the following. That for me would be such a hard sell to go back and say, hey, we want to do the show. This is my talent. And they only have 10,000 followers, right? Mm -hmm. And there might be people watching or listening that think 10,000 is a lot. It's not. We got to be way up there. You're talking Facebook page, Twitter account, all these accounts got to be big numbers is what, what people need to shoot for. Or yeah, are, yeah. are you also digging down into... Are they engaged followers? Are they, uh, is the activity there or is it just get the numbers and then you can worry about the rest later? Well, you know what? Sorry, well, I always ask the truthful Ross, question. Ross, that is such a great question because of the fact that you're right. Uh, for me, I can uh, like take all this data, right? And like break it down. I can show them this great engagement, right? But it's funny at the end of the day and as, and it, and this is not, this is not me speaking. This is actually people that, that are speaking to me. They look at the big number. They still look at the big number. And uh, shit. Oh, That's right. Sorry. That, <laughs> but that could be all bots, right? Right, right, right. Like Donald Trump's following. It could be all bots, okay, that are following him, right? So, so the fact of the matter is it's got to be a legitimate number, but really they look at the big number first, and they will just not even take your pitch if it doesn't look like the numbers are big enough. Right, right. Even though if there's no activity going on, then you can't really deliver anything <laughs> on those numbers. But I get yeah. it. I get it. I mean, um, 
so um, we we do have a question here. Um, what what are what are good uh, followers without engagement? I guess that's I guess it's more of a it's more of a rhetorical question, right? Like, what is, what are the use of followers if they're not paying any attention or participating or buying anything, right? So it becomes a game of numbers and a game of percentages at that point, okay? Because we look at um, when we were putting out content through Facebook Live that we were going with publishers with at least 2 million followers, right? And that was a totally arbitrary number, but it was our starting point number for like looking for people to work with that we would put out right. live content with. Because we figure that we would get um, 0.5% of those people that uh, would be generated as, as um, live viewers, right? right? Right. And I think that that actually played out we we actually were able to witness that with Mario's show, right? Mm-hmm. Was was the fact that the concurrent viewers uh, that worked out to point point five percent, right? Um, it's not even one percent; it's point five percent, right? So, of your total followers, and that became kind of our benchmark for looking at the type of publishers that we were going after. Are you looking at like the um, entrepreneur pages followers versus the concurrent viewers? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. And, but then also too, all the shares we got, we got hundreds of shares on that show, mm-hmm. right? So then we would take all those numbers as well too. And uh, we could still extrapolate out that same, that same algorithm almost. It's not an algorithm, but, but like the same percentage number would also come out of those numbers as well too. And that became kind of our standard that looking at the way that, okay, so this gives us the idea of who to work with in the future on Facebook, depending on the size of their audience. So the question that came up is what good is engaged? or I'm sorry, what, what, uh, what good is the numbers without engagement? You sort of get the engagement as a percentage, okay, if you can get right. the number high enough. Right, right. Um, with everybody who's going to want is, is is already like, I can just feel the pitchforks out for me, like ask the damn question already. So uh, is the Never Settle show coming back? Do you have any information about when uh, another season or if another season's coming? Yeah. So uh, the last I spoke to Mario, he took a long vacation after that show. I'm not sure if people watch that show or not, but you saw it firsthand. Oh, yeah. I saw it firsthand. Love, people love the people in this community love the show. I mean, this is like like our Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Mario killed it. The man is a bundle of energy, um, and he he just by watch the guy just just work his his. Uh, tush off on doing that show it was just amazing the the amount of energy they put into that because not only was he doing the show and he had to plan out all the pieces and stuff like that and there were a lot of pre-recorded pieces by the way too okay so that's that speaks to my point actually earlier that um there that there's a good balance between live as well as pre-recorded um so so a thing to think about when when actually coming out with your content but um there will be a second season. We're in talks now with it actually not just being live streamed through Facebook, uh, but also going on television as well. So it wow. would be. So this might actually be be actually uh, be actually be actually playing. Excuse me, it's been a long day. Um, on a net, a cable network. Wow, well, that's yeah. fantastic. Right. So, so that's, that's the, that's the chatter right now. This stuff all has to come together. There's a lot of spinning plates out there. You think we're six months away from another season or maybe closer than that? I think Mario wants to get this in before the end of the year, to be honest with you. Wow. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so believe me, this is just this is just things that are not confirmed yet. So, right, you know, right. So, uh, you know, I'm sure that that people will be asking uh, specifically on the states, and I don't know those dates yet. But uh, you know, we're working on it. Right. Um, as well as I told you earlier today, we're working on another conference that's going to happen probably next spring. And unfortunately, I can't go into details as the major players, but if, if people are aware of last year, we did the live fronts with Roku. That was invitation mm. only. And that was our attempt to bring live streaming up to a notch where it was put in front of advertisers and marketing people and, and like very important companies and, and media. Uh, right, right, right. So that way they could see the fact that this is a, is a bona fide media and it's time to uh, monetize this. Mm-hmm. So the live fronts was very successful. That was last October. Summit Live was this past, uh, what was that, January, February? February um, in Los February. Angeles. And it was the third year, right? So those two things right now are kind of in limbo, right? So we're in talks with a couple of different parties to create a version of both, if you will, combine the two, if you will, and uh, do that next spring. And... That's all I can say on it. <laughs> yeah, Tachi asked, will the live fronts be back? So the live fronts could be back with Summit Live. So so the backstory on the live fronts is is that we, we brought in a partner to help us with the live fronts last year, and they were called Brave Ventures. And Brave Ventures, Gary Vaynerchuk has a major uh, stake in Brave Ventures. Brave Ventures got sold last year to Turner Broadcasting. Hmm. So Brave, Brave kind of got integrated into Turner. So that changed everything up, right? So the live fronts, we love the live fronts. A lot of people love the live fronts. We had some great people there, um, including Gary V. Um, but the fact of the matter is now that Brave, uh, which actually kind of uh, did, uh, like they, they actually put it together. Um, and we were actually there as, as a partner. Um, in fact, if you saw the promotional stuff uh, for the live fronts, I shot all those within the green screen studio. I did all the talking heads, um, basically with all the thought leaders out there from ad agencies and things right. like that. So that was a lot of fun doing that exactly a year ago. But, um, you know, it's going to come back within a certain form, um, and it might not be called that anymore, but called uh, something else. Uh, New York this time or L.A.? That's a million-dollar question. I'm, <laughs> I'm actually pushing for – so for me, okay, I'm pushing for Los Angeles uh, for one reason and one reason only. We have more startups out here in the tech space uh, down in Playa Vista where, where you've got Facebook and YouTube and uh, Snapchat and uh, Twitter and everybody else uh, that's, uh, that's down there, um, as well as all the content creators and the studios. See, for me, I want to get the studios on board. Right, um, right. And I want to get all of those, like that West Coast mentality to be much more of a player within the space. If you go to VidCon, which I do each year, I spoke at VidCon this past year, and um, the energy at VidCon is so wonderful. I wish VidCon uh, would just be a weekly thing, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> because it's so good. I mean, there's so much good energy of people creating content, right? And it's for all platforms, not just YouTube. But now brands are coming into it. It's uh, becoming like a little Comic-Con in a way that brands are coming right. into it, agencies are coming into it, and they're seeing the power of, of this democratized world that's making all this great content out there. Right, right. So is your, your view that the next round will focus more on live streaming as a complement to the rest of your 
your media program or as the, you know, the sidebar piece to the major story. The major story may be a TV program or a YouTube series or something like that. And live streaming is maybe the promotional angle or it's the after show or it's uh, a way to get fan engagement and things like that, that it won't be so much on how or what or who's going to pay for it, but more how you can use it effectively as part of a bigger, uh, a bigger strategy. Yeah. So, so yeah, you actually answered the question, but the fact of the matter is, okay, if we look at where the company's going with worker media, that, that, Hey, we spent a year plus immersed in live streaming and it was really, really hard to monetize destination mm -hmm. viewing. Okay. And let's make sure that we're very clear on those, those, those terms there. Okay. Destination viewing, wanting people to tune in at a certain time on a certain day, right? right? That was sponsored by whoever. Okay. Procter and Gamble, right? That, that was a, that was a tough sell, right? Um, because the audience's were not at the level that a lot of these companies will put a lot of money behind them, right? So it, it was a tough mm -hmm. sell, right? I think that if, if Ross Brand was live every single day, 24 hours a day, and had different things, uh, kind of like what Cheddar does, or if there is a, um, if there's a network out there that's, that's actually doing it, and you, you uh, tune in because you know on Thursday nights it's going to have this show about this or that, that show about that, then I think that's, that's the direction that live needs to go in. It's got to be much more, of a, much more of a network, right? So if I don't eat or sleep, I might be able to pull this off or work. Exactly, exactly. I, or work or right. have a relationship right. or anything. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Cheddar, but cheddar is the model, right? Is what you're what you're getting at. I mean, the fact. I think. That, I think for live streaming as just live streaming, I think it is the perfect model. I think it's it's uh, great. But but to go back to to what what you're asking as far as what is the role now of live streaming, especially mm -hmm. with us, okay? Um, the brutal truth is this, okay? Live streaming is no longer the destination for us. It is the. It is a utility. It is a tool. It is a tool to promote the other things that are going on as far as content creation. It is a part of our marketing to, uh, like toolkit, if you will. Right. So, so like for Girl Starter, a good example. Okay, Girl Starter was a linear TV show, right? Um, it was also VOD, right? Mm -hmm. um, it was it was it, it was also SVOD. Um, so you could consume it the way that most people consume content on their own terms, right? right? But but I needed to cut through the clutter to reach an audience to make sure that they were also consuming it as well too. So I brought on Instagram influencers. I brought on a bunch of YouTube influencers that I paid for, all right? Mm -hmm. And I also created the live content, live streaming content to promote the show and to promote the the uh, the very sponsors that were involved with the show they were very happy with the impressions that were then delivered to them right wow. so i look at live streaming as being a part of that marketing that marketing toolkit that is needed by all people i think that if you are going to be live streaming and solely live streaming and you think that you are going to earn a lot of money from it then i think that it's going to be a tough sell and I think that you mentioned before doing some e-commerce or if you've got like a product that you're trying to sell or, or if it's a pop-up store or, a, um, or, or an unboxing of a product, I think that's more of a win. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that if the brand actually initiates that, I think that's actually going to be the way that live streaming will be utilized in the future because a lot of brands have huge built-in audience. If right. like a, like a Coca-Cola or a McDonald's tomorrow goes live to say we've got this brand new hamburger, right? Mm -hmm. And 
they're out there broadcasting. They're, they are going to reach, if I use my math correctly that I mentioned before, the 0.5%, they are going to reach a few million watchers or viewers. And probably more people will watch it than if they put out a produced video about their new product, right? Because people will get the notification that the company, now not everybody will be notified, but obviously they can spend a little money to boost and it's not that expensive in the big scheme of things, right? Even, you know, so so they would get a big turnout for that, right? Bigger than they would if they just posted a video on their Facebook page. Without a doubt. Yeah, not just that, but they, they uh, can also, they, uh, uh, they get the immediate feedback also, okay? Right. So they can actually gauge the, cons uh, the way that the uh, customer, the consumer is, is actually responding to their product offering. Like, oh, don't put that on a sandwich or, well, you know, awesome, well, uh, I can't wait to bite into that, you know, like. You know what? Therein lies the issue also with live is the fact that the trolling is just outrageous. And and if you've spent some time on you now or on uh, Lively or those those talk back platforms, as I like to call them, where you're just talking to your specific audience and you get, right. you get the trolls that come in there. It's got to be policed by the audience. Uh, the audience needs to be the ones that actually kick them out. I, I mean, I, I don't go to those platforms that much. I don't go to Periscope that much. But when I do and I watch uh, female friends who have shows there, it's it's kind of hard to take. I mean, it's like troll after troll after troll. After, yeah. Like, right. you know, they're talking about a serious subject and it's like, yeah. you know, yeah. show your show. Your, <laughs> you know, it's like, come on. Already, I watched that with Al Roker and the weather. Okay, Al Roker and the weather. Okay, and people trolling Al Roker because they don't like the way that he's 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 telling the weather. I mean, seriously, people, do we have nothing else going on in our lives that we have to troll Al Roker talking about a rainstorm in in, um, in Omaha? I mean, stop it, just stop it. Right, right. So, thank you so much for uh, for coming on tonight and, and sharing your insights. Um, it's it's just a fascinating, fascinating time and field. And even if live streaming, you know, ends up taking not quite the place that maybe we hoped it would, um, it's still a fantastic medium. And it's something that people can use to their advantage, whether it's for their business or it's to support other other media properties. Uh, before we wrap up, let me just ask you, are there any live streaming shows out there or content creators that you make a point to watch or that you say, damn, this is good. If, if just they had more following or whatever, uh, I would bring them in, but I enjoy watching it just because I enjoy watching it. Yeah. There's a lot of things that actually, well, okay. For me, I watch a lot of chatter, right? right. So, um, and I watch it because of the way that they do their programs for Wall Street. I think that they're, they're great, and I like all the topics that they talk about. So um, it's always on my side screen. So there are times when I look over when I see the lower thirds talking about a topic that I care about that uh, they turn the audio up. Right. right. So there's that. There is uh, on um, if you go to Facebook, there's a page, a publisher little things that goes live a lot. Okay. And little things does a lot of really good, little quirky, like, um, uh, you know, lifestyle, uh, pieces. Right. Those are, those are neat. And those are fun to watch. And I always love when Al Roker goes live because you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> People trolling him because of a thunderstorm, um, in Omaha. I mean, stop right. it. <laughs> 
So thank you so much. Again, this is John Burke from Roker Media. And, and if people would like to reach out to me, then please do. My email address is john at com. That's J-O-N at com. I love to hear from people. If you have ideas, if you want to pitch me on something, I love taking pitches. I am brutally honest if I don't like it. So uh, just be forewarned. <laughs> you do the Simon Cowell thing. <laughs> Let's let's kill the dream right now before I waste any more time. Just remember this, and this is the piece of advice that I heard a long time ago, is the fact that if you're doing it and having a good time, great, more power to you. Um, If you're not getting paid for it, then it's a hobby, right? And it's, it's really good to have a lot of hobbies. Yeah. Well, Eduardo sums it up great. Thanks for sharing, John. We really appreciate you coming on. Again, it's rokermedia.com, at RKR Media. And if you want to follow John on Twitter, it's at MR, Mr., as in Mr., Mr. John Burke. Mr. John Burke, thank you so much. Uh, We we love what you're doing. And uh, it it was great working with you on the Never Settle Show. And I hope to, uh, to collaborate again in the future. Sounds good, my friend. Thank you so much, Ross, and I appreciate the time and uh, the audience and the platform. So thank Thanks you. so much. And again, if you haven't voted yet for South by Southwest, it's the last call. It's getting to be last call. Livestreamuniverse.com slash SXSW. Livestreamuniverse.com slash SXSW. And have a great evening, everybody. All right. Thank you.